your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 752 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And in today's episode, what to kind of turn our attention to the upcoming March 3rd trade deadline. You know, we've talked a little bit here and there about potential moves that the Rangers could look to make. You know, I've kind of thrown out the idea of Patrick Kane because, you know, that's always being kicked around on social media. Kane kind of a divisive uh, player as far as Ranger fans are concerned and as far as the possibility of them uh, potentially bring him in, most likely as a rental this season. Uh, he's one player we're going to discuss today. We're going to discuss two other players as well. And like I said, we've kind of on and off been talking about uh, what the Rangers could look to add at the trade deadline. Uh, a right winger certainly comes to mind. Uh, another thing might be, you know, a depth defenseman or, you know, I know some Ranger fans really like Jacob Chikrin, so maybe at some point we'll talk about him as well. But, you know, we got a little bit of time between now and the trade deadline, and I thought what we could do is kind of do a couple of deep dives from time to time between now and the deadline. And we're going to start with three players say, as I already mentioned, uh, Patrick Kane is one of them. The other two are Bo Horvat and Vladimir Tarasenko. And I'm not uh, focusing on these players because I think it's necessarily like these are the three players that the Rangers must get. It's not really a list like that. At a certain point, you know, once I have time to really think about it and kind of, uh, you know, do a little bit of research and just kind of envision how certain players might fit with this Ranger team, then maybe as we're getting a little bit closer to the deadline, I'll kind of do like a ranking episode where I'll, I'll kind of do like my top five favorite New York Ranger trade deadline targets. We're not there yet. Like I said, uh, in the interim, we're basically just going to do an overview of a couple of different players, some guys that I think at least could make some sense for the Rangers, and guys that have been heavily rumored. That's kind of the theme of today's episode, because these three players that I just mentioned, uh, as far as, you know, Ranger fans are concerned, their names come up probably about as much or more than any other player, as far as guys that uh, might be available at the deadline this season. And I think in general, going into the deadline this year, the Rangers are going to be looking for players much like they did last year. They're going to be looking for players that are on expiring contracts, guys that are pending UFAs, and guys that they, I don't want to say definitely won't resign, but probably will not resign. You know, we saw what happened last year. All the guys they brought in as rentals turned out to be just that. They were rentals and they were on their way. And it's not because the Rangers, you know, wouldn't want to necessarily resign somebody like Patrick Kane or Bo Horvat, or Vladimir Tarasenko is the very simple fact that they probably won't be able to afford to do so, barring something uh, completely unforeseen here. But without any further ado, want to uh, talk about the first candidate, the first uh, player that seems likely to be traded this season. I guess you never really know for sure because, you know, Patrick Kane does have a no-move clause, but I would imagine the Blackhawks, you know, they're definitely going to need to rebuild. I mean, they're a mess right now. It has not been a pretty season for them. So... I would think they would look to trade Patrick Kane and get whatever they can for him. And from their point of view, try to create some kind of a bidding war among contending teams, which might include the Rangers. Uh, Kane has some control of his destination, though, uh, because he has a full no-move clause. And we'll talk about that and how that could affect things in just a second. But, you know, I think these uh, these Patrick Kane to the Rangers rumors that we've kind of been hearing on and off basically ever since the offseason, they are going to persist and persist and persist until... 
Patrick Kane is actually traded to the Rangers or until Patrick Kane is traded somewhere else or until the trade deadline comes and goes and uh, he's still with the Chicago Blackhawks after all. But uh, it's a rumor that's going to be out there. And obviously, a lot of fans have some very strong opinions on this situation. You know, everybody knows about Patrick Kane. I mean, one of the most famous players in the league, and uh, his resume speaks for itself. But I do want to kind of just go through his career numbers really quick, and then we'll talk about, you know, how he could fit in with this New York Ranger team. But yeah, I mean, a veteran at this point, 34 years old, 1,445 career regular season games, 438 goals, 770 assists. So he's got 1,208 points in 1,145 games, a career plus minus of plus 18. He's averaged 20 minutes and 18 seconds of ice time per night. 251 block shots, 296 hits, and the big one, a three-time Stanley Cup champion. He's won the Conn Smythe, the Art Ross, the Hart, the Ted Lindsay, one time apiece for all of those awards. Uh, he's been on the NHL's first All-Star team three times and a nine-time All-Star uh, member, and most recently doing so in 2020. And it is worth noting, you know, after going through all those accolades there, though, that uh, Patrick Kane is statistically having the worst season of his career. He's played in 38 games, only eight goals for Patrick Kane so far this year, and 20 assists. He's also a minus 25, which is also the worst of his career. Uh, some of this can certainly be attributed to the fact that the Blackhawks, as I mentioned a second ago, are absolutely terrible. Uh, he doesn't really have a lot of help around him. And you do wonder, you know, this is a guy that's won multiple Stanley Cups, and this team is just dead and buried in the standings, and it looks pretty hopeless. You know, I, I don't know that any player is above having his motivation being affected at least a little bit in a situation that's as hopeless as the Chicago Blackhawks are right now. And he sees the running on the wall. Uh, he probably understands the fact that the Blackhawks will eventually or should eventually look to trade him, and uh, maybe he's just counting down the days until that happens. He does have the full no move, as I mentioned. But uh, yeah, I mean, obviously his numbers are down a little bit more, and as I mentioned a second ago, he is 34 years old. Uh, one thing, though, that is certainly in his favor, and I think the reason why a lot of Ranger fans would love to add Patrick Kane, among several reasons, is the very simple fact that he is a right winger. And right wing, when you look at the Rangers right now, that certainly seems to be the weak spot. You know, they've got good centers, Mika and Trocek. That's about as good of a one-two punch as you've got in this league. Uh, Philip Hedl obviously emerging a little bit this season. Left wing, you know, Kreider, Panarin, and Lafreniere. So, I mean, they're, they're pretty set there. And even a defenseman, they got five really good defensemen. I know people get on Jacob Truba from time to time, but as far as their top five defensemen are concerned, I mean, they're set there. And even Ben Harper emerging a little bit as the sixth defenseman. And I don't think I really need to say anything about goalie uh, Igor Shesterkin, one of the absolute best on the planet. So yeah, I mean, it's right wing. If you want to identify a weakness, it just at least in terms of the positions on the ice, I think it would certainly be a right wing for the Rangers. And if Patrick King comes in, uh, you figure he's probably going to slot onto the Panarin line. And it's worth pointing out, of course, that uh, they spent two seasons together. Uh, Artemi Panarin entered the league with the Chicago Blackhawks, and they were line mates. Obviously, they combined uh, for some really, really nice goals. And, you know, there was a thing earlier this year where uh, before these two teams played each other during the pregame skate, uh, Artemi Panarin was, you know, kind of playfully flipping the puck at Patrick Kane. You know, they got the pucks out there during pregame, and he was hitting him with the puck. Not hard, obviously, just kind of flipping the puck at him. But, uh, you know, by all accounts, those two are still pretty tight. And, you know, Artemi Panarin doesn't have a say in this process, but I get the feeling that uh, he would probably welcome Patrick Kane with open arms if there is a reunion this year. And if Patrick Kane is able to join the New York Rangers and these teams are able to come to uh, some kind of a uh, an agreement and Patrick Kane gets shipped uh, over to the uh, to the New York Rangers. 
Uh, one other thing that I wanted to mention, uh, Patrick Kane, as I mentioned, and he has this in common with the other two players that we're going to talk about in today's episode, has a full no-move clause. Uh, he's in the final year of an eight-year, $84 million per season contract. That's an annual cap hit of $10.5 million. You figure that if this trade is going to happen, it's probably going to also come with some res- uh, salary re- retention by the Chicago Blackhawks, which will probably cause them to uh, ask the Rangers for a little bit more if they're still paying half of his money. And that kind of brings me into a couple other things I wanted to talk about here. The no-move clause. Now, Patrick Kane, if he was going to be traded to the New York Rangers, he would have to approve that deal, just like he would have to approve any deal. I would imagine that he probably would. I mean, if you're Kane, I, I don't see really what the point would be of sticking around with the Chicago Blackhawks for an extra half season when, you know, they're not going to make the playoffs. I mean, there's no way. And he's going to be a free agent after the year. I mean, maybe he resigns with them, but I mean, he's getting a little bit older now. You know, he's going to turn 35 next season. And I mean, how old is he going to be before the Blackhawks are even able to, you know, contend for a playoff spot again? So I would imagine he'd be willing to uh, waive the no move clause, go to a contending team, and try to get himself a fourth Stanley Cup. And with the Rangers, I mean, I don't see why he wouldn't want to go there. He's got Artemi Panarin. As I just mentioned, they were pretty tight. They'd probably be on the same line. Rangers, obviously, a young up-and-coming team that had a nice run last year. I would imagine Patrick Kane, and I can't speak for him. I don't know what goes through his head, but I think he would embrace a challenge like that. If coming to New York, another big stage, you know, Chicago's a big stage, New York, an even bigger stage, and having the opportunity to, you know, potentially lead this team to a Stanley Cup championship. I mean, Patrick Kane, if that were to happen, Patrick Kane would become a Ranger legend, and he'd probably only be here for half a season, but he really would be. I mean, it would be that impressive, and it would be that important, and he would be held uh, in very high regard by most New York Ranger fans. I I would say that for sure. Um, You know, I mentioned he's a three-time Stanley Cup champion. Very impressive playoff numbers, 136 games, 52 goals, 80 assists. So 132 points in 136 games. Uh, He had the Game 6 overtime winner against the Flyers in the finals, and that gave the Blackhawks the Stanley Cup. So... I mean, he's he's definitely a playoff performer. Hasn't really been in the playoffs all that much the last few years. Just nine playoff games for Patrick Kane in the last five seasons. And even those nine games, that was all during the COVID season when the Blackhawks were a 12 seed and they let pretty much everybody into the playoffs. So yeah, it's been a while since he's been in the playoffs, but there's no reason to think that uh, he would not deliver uh, when, when the lights are at their brightest because he's done that uh, in the past. That is for sure, leading his team to three Stanley Cups. And as far as, you know, what the return could be, I was looking at the Blackhawks on Cap Friendly, and I know that they've stockpiled a lot of draft picks. Even I didn't realize how many they had. Uh, Over the next two seasons combined, the Blackhawks have uh, 12 picks in the first three rounds combined. They'll have two picks in all of those rounds. So two first-round picks this year, two second-round picks, two third-round picks, and the year after that, once again, two first-rounders, two second-rounders, two third-rounders. Now, on one hand, you can never have enough draft picks when you're a rebuilding team. On the other, they have so many draft picks already. I would think that they would want prospects rather than more draft picks for the Rangers. Can't speak for them. Don't know that for sure, but at a certain point, I mean, look at all the draft picks they have. You know, what are you even going to do with all these guys? So I would think they would want a prospect and if I'm the Rangers, I'm not going to budge on giving up somebody like Hedl or Kako or Lafreniere. You know, those are the building blocks for the Rangers going forward. The only way that I could see the Rangers maybe budging there is if they feel like they are not going to have enough cap space to re-sign all those guys. Like, you know, take Hedl and Lafreniere, for example, because they're both RFAs, going to need new contracts, and the Rangers, you know, 
who's to say for sure if they can afford both of them uh, long-term. If they come to the determination that they cannot afford one of those two players, then maybe that becomes an option where you deal one of them in a package for Patrick Kane. Uh, Kane's obviously going to walk after the season as well, but you can make yourself better in the short term, and you'd only be trading away a player who you do not believe that you will be afford to keep. Although I, I think the Rangers probably will do something to try to keep both Heedle and Lafreniere, but we'll see. You know, it, it's hard to know for sure uh, what it's going to entail. And I mentioned the no-move clause, and obviously Patrick Kane is going to have a big say in, um, you know, where he goes. And uh, if he mentions or, or makes it clear to the Blackhawks that he only wants to go to the Rangers or maybe the Rangers and just one other team, whatever it might be, um, then he kind of controls his own destiny there. And the Blackhawks might be able to or might have to just take whatever they can get from the New York Rangers. And if Kane says that he'll only go to the Rangers, and I have no idea if he would do that or not, but if he says that, Blackhawks lose a lot of leverage. And once again, it's a situation where they would probably just have to take, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say nothing from the Rangers, but not as much as you should be able to get uh, for a player of Patrick Kane. So we'll see how the whole thing shakes out. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't intrigued. I know Kane's numbers are down this year, and he is 34 years old. He's getting up there a little bit, but man, he comes over to the Rangers. He is immediately the best right winger that they have. Proven playoff winner, proven playoff performer, and, um, you know, getting him and Panarin back together, that, that would be something else as well. So, uh, yeah, I think, you know, it's one of those things, the price has to be right, but uh, I am intrigued by Patrick Kane. And, um, you know, like I said, in a future episode, I'll kind of rank my favorite uh, trade targets. I'm not there yet, but, you know, at first glance here, if the price is right, yeah, I think the Rangers have to do their due diligence as it pertains to possibly acquiring uh, Patrick Kane. We're going to keep everything rolling in just a second, talk about a couple of other players that the Rangers might look to target. But first, got to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league, from pro football to the NHL to basketball and the upcoming MLB season. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at Bet Online as well. We are always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, we just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. So we go from. Uh, a player on a non-contending team to another player on a non-contending team, and that would be uh, Bo Horvat, quite a bit younger than Patrick Kane. He is just 27 years old. Uh, he has a cap hit of $5.5 million, and he is in the final year of a six-year, $33 million deal with the Vancouver Canucks. He will be an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season, as many of the players that we spotlight uh, in these segments will be, because I just get the feeling the Rangers are going to be looking for rentals and not guys that they have to pay uh, past the end of this season. But we'll see. You never know for sure. Um, with Horvat, unlike Kane, he does not have a no-move clause of any kind, so the Canucks can trade him anywhere, and he has absolutely no say in the matter. I mean, maybe they would go to him and you know try to find out, like, is there a place you would like or is there a place that you wouldn't like? And try to do right uh, by their captain, um, but there's no guarantees. You know, they might just strike whatever deal they can and, and get the best return that they feel like they can get. Uh, Horvat has played all nine seasons of his NHL career with the Canucks, debuted at age 19 in 2014-2015. He has now played in 615 regular season games. Horvat in his career with 200 goals and 214 assists, so that would be 414 points in 615 games. 
and uh, as I mentioned, will be a UFA at the end of the season. Uh, he was an all-star in 2017 for what that's worth and just been a really solid player for the Vancouver Canucks overall. Um, he, as I mentioned, has played his entire career there and to go through the rest of his stats, average 18 minutes and 30 seconds of ice time per night, 410 block shots, 546 hits, a face-off success rate at 53.8%, and he has won more than half of his face-offs in all nine seasons in the league. So the Rangers, after struggling badly there in that department for years and years and years, uh, finally has some good face-off guys. And if they were to acquire Bo Horvat, uh, they would have another one. Uh, the season that he's currently having might be the best of his career to this point. Uh, he had never been a point-per-game player until this season, or at least so far this season. Uh, he's played in 43 games, scored 30 goals. He has 18 assists, so 48 points in 43 games. Uh, he's got 30 goals this season, as I mentioned, which is just one goal behind his previous career high. He set his career high last year with 31 goals. So he's having a heck of a season. As a quick side note here, though, I wanted to mention uh, the Rangers and the Canucks and their wheelings and dealings as it pertained to JT Miller last season, because the Canucks basically wanted a King's ransom for JT Miller. Now, I was intrigued by the possibility of maybe a reunion between the Rangers and Miller. You know, Miller's got the position flexibility and obviously somebody that could have, you know, maybe slotted into a top six role or at the very least a middle six role for the Rangers last year. Um, but you know, negotiations just didn't seem to go very well uh, between the Rangers and the Canucks. And the reason I bring this up is it's the same two teams here. So if the Rangers and Canucks were nowhere close on a deal for JT Miller, then it's possible that these two franchises just don't see eye to eye when it comes to potentially uh, trading players between themselves. And it might be difficult for uh, the Rangers and Canucks to strike a deal for somebody like Bo Horvat after, you know, again, by all accounts, they were miles apart as far as, you know, what the return should be for JT Miller last season. And as far as Miller goes, uh, they end up signing him to an extension, five years, $26.25 million. And he's had all kinds of problems this year, you know, calling out the fans and uh, just being really testy with the media. There was that incident where he was screaming at his goalie. So, I like the idea of the Rangers maybe bringing him back just as a rental. I wanted no part of him signing an extension with the Rangers, which probably would not have happened. But uh, yeah, the Canucks seem to have a little bit of a mess on their hands uh, with JT Miller uh, at this point. So I just bring that up once again, because the Rangers and Canucks were so far apart last season. I don't know if they're going to find common ground as it pertains to a player like Bo Horvat, but uh, only time will tell there. Um, as I mentioned, you know, something else that I think uh, Horvat. Uh, brings to the table is some leadership. Obviously, the Canucks fought highly enough of him to make him their captain in 2019. Uh, he was also their alternate captain back in 2017. And something that I like about him as far as his fit with the Rangers is Horvat is basically a sniper. And kind of like around this time last year, it feels like the Rangers are missing that uh, at least to a degree. You know, the Rangers last year, the, the move that they made heading toward the trade deadline was to acquire Frank Vetrano. And nobody saw that coming uh, because he came from the Panthers and you don't see two contending teams usually strike a deal like that, but they did. And Vetrano, you know, not a superstar player, but the one thing that he brings to the table is just a wicked shot and the willingness to use that shot. You know, the Rangers, they got a lot of guys that are past first players, a lot of playmakers on the team. Uh, Horvat, it seems like, is something of a sniper. And so I think uh, he could be a nice complimentary player uh, for the Rangers. It's really nice that, you know, if they brought him in, he would probably just be the third line center. And man, I mean, as far as centers go, 
Bo Horvat centering your third line, that's about as good of a third line center as you're going to have uh, in this league. And you might hear that and wonder like, okay, well, what happens to Filipino? I think that move what would probably happen is the Rangers acquire Bo Horvat. He centers the third line. And that bumps Filipino from center on the third line to right wing on the third line. And I mentioned this, you know, a long time ago. I just like the idea of Filipino on the wing more so than center. I gave up on it because the Rangers just weren't going to make that move. Or, you know, Hedl's played some wing here and there, but it's not a move that they've gone to consistently. And I don't think he's played wing a single time this season. They have him at center despite his less than 40% uh, success rate on the faceoff circle. So, you know, faceoffs, they're amplified in the playoffs. And if you bring in a Bo Horvat, now he's centering the third line. And let's see, I have his numbers right here this season. 55.9% success rate on the faceoff circle for Bo Horvat. And as I mentioned, he's never been below 50% for his entire career. So now you go from a faceoff liability in Filipino to a guy who excels in that department in Bo Horvat. And Bo Horvat and uh, Filipino probably playing on the same line then uh, on the third line with Filipino once again at the right wing. As far as playoff experience for Bo Horvat, doesn't have a lot of it, just 23 games. Uh, 17 of those occurred in 2019-2020, and in those 23 games, he's got 11 goals and five assists. Limited, you know, sample size, obviously, and you know that's just more of a product of the Canucks not really being all that good in recent seasons. I mean, let's just call it like it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think he'd be a great fit for the Rangers. As far as what you would have to give up, I mean, it's tough to say. There might be teams that are looking to not only deal for Bo Horvat but also then extend him. And if that's the case, you know, teams with more cap space for than the Rangers have, they might be willing to pay more of a price to acquire Bo Horvat than the Rangers are willing to pay. But, you know, at first glance here and and just kind of doing some research here and just kind of talking through it with you guys on today's episode, uh, I do like Bo Horvat. You know, we'll we'll see if uh, anything comes to fruition here. I'm a little bit skeptical because, like I mentioned, the Rangers and Canucks were just light years apart as far as a potential Miller deal this past season, JT Miller. Um, But, you know, we'll see. Fingers crossed that, you know, maybe they can get something done or that the Rangers will eventually strike some kind of trade that's worthwhile and uh, really improves this team at or near the trade deadline this season. But I think Bo Horvat, his name's going to keep coming up, and you got to figure pretty good chance he's going to be on the move uh, at some point between now and the deadline. But we're going to keep everything rolling. We're going to talk about one more right winger uh, for the day, and that is going to be Vladimir Tarasenko, and we will talk about him in just a second. Okay, so Tarasenko, I I swear, this guy has been on the trade block since like 2007, and I realize he wasn't actually in the NHL uh, at that time, but it just feels like every year, and a lot of times the Rangers are connected, but it feels like every year we're talking about something with Tarasenko where, you know, him and the organization, the St. Louis Blues organization, aren't seeing eye to eye. I know that when they went with Ryan O'Reilly as the center, that Tarasenko wasn't exactly thrilled with that decision. There's times where it seems like the Blues are looking to trade him. There's times where Tarasenko uh, has requested a trade. Obviously, he won the Stanley Cup with them uh, back in 2019. But yeah, I don't know. It, it just seems like it's been a little bit of a bumpy road between Tarasenko and the Blues, particularly over the last couple of seasons here. But I mean, the guy's had a really nice career for himself. Debuted in 2012, 2013. He was 21 years old at that time. And for all the ups and downs and trials and tribulations that he's had with the St. Louis Blues, uh, he has now been there for 11 seasons. And like I said, won the Stanley Cup with them back in 2018, 2019. Uh, 640 career regular season games. 262 goals, 291 assists, so 553 points in 640 games, and he is also a plus 62. Uh, This season, 
And we got to keep in mind before we do his stats for the season that Tarasenko has missed some games with a hand injury. Uh, more on that in a second, by the way. Um, but this season, Tarasenko skated in 34 games with the Blues, uh, 10 goals, 19 assists, so 29 points in the 34 games. He is also a minus 13, averaging 17 minutes and 29 seconds of ice time per night, and also 14 block shots and 40 hits. So his numbers are down a little bit this season and obviously dealing with the hand injury right now. Uh, the report, though, is that he could be back in about a week. So I uh, got to figure the Blues will probably look to deal him with him also being an impending UFA. But last year was one of the best seasons of his career. Uh, 34 goals and 48 assists and uh, a career high 82 points last season. And as I already mentioned, uh, a former Stanley Cup champion, he has twice made the NHL's second all-star team, and he's been an all-star four times, uh, most recently actually this season. So obviously a good player, but there are some things that complicate uh, Tarasenko and his potential fit with the Rangers. Um, for starters, with the Blues, you got to start here. Unlike the Blackhawks, who might look to trade Patrick Kane, and unlike the Canucks, who might look to trade Bo Horvat, uh, the Blues are still within striking distance of a playoff spot. They currently have 45 points. The last two teams into the Western Conference uh, playoffs this year, and the teams that would be the two wild cards, are the Flames and the Oilers. They both have 51 points. So the Blues within striking distance, just six points behind both of those two teams. All it really takes is a little bit of a run, a little bit of a hot streak, and uh, just like that, you're back in playoff positioning. So uh, they may not necessarily force a trade of Tarasenko if they overtake one of those teams or if they get close enough where they feel like they're going to make the playoffs. They certainly uh, would not have to force a Tarasenko trade in a situation such as that. As I already mentioned, another complication here, uh, the fact that Tarasenko right now is suffering from a hand injury and He's somebody that has had his fair share of injuries over the years here. He had a shoulder injury, uh, seems to be over that. And this past season, last year, he played 75 games, but the two seasons before that, 24 games and 10 games. So there are some red flags as far as uh, Tarasenko's injury history is concerned. You certainly don't want to give up something significant and then two games into his Ranger tenure, you know, Tarasenko's out for the season. Uh, that out would not look good at all, especially when you consider that, you know, other players are certainly going to be available at the deadline as there are every season. Um, one other thing is that Tarasenko, you know, with Gallant, he wants a team that's going to be aggressive on the forecheck, get in there and go to work. Um, that's not really Tarasenko's game, or at least that's my understanding. I don't watch the St. Louis Blues night in and night out, but that's always kind of been uh, his M.O. Uh, maybe his offensive skills are enough to compensate for that, and the Rangers would look past uh, you know, the fact that he's not the most aggressive four-checker on the planet. And as I already mentioned, you know, he's had some issues with the St. Louis Blues front office from time to time. I'm not too worried about that, though, because if the Rangers brought him in, you got to believe it is strictly as a rental. So Tarasenko would get here. He'd be in a new locker room. I'm sure he would want to make a good impression on his teammates and get out there and go to work. He's got a chance to win another Stanley Cup, and then he'll hit free agency right after that. I don't think he's going to come to a new team and clash with the front office and the coaches, hurt his own free agent market in the upcoming offseason, and you know, limit his chances of potentially winning a Stanley Cup uh, with the New York Rangers. Just, you know, want to throw that out there. He's had his issues, but again, I, I cannot possibly foresee him uh, acting up for all those reasons that I just mentioned. As far as the good with Vladimir uh, Tarasenko, as I mentioned uh, before with Horvat, something of a sniper here. He's got a nasty shot, and the Rangers, I think for sure they're going to look for a right winger, which Tarasenko is, 
And I think on top of that, one of the biggest things you want from the right winger that the Rangers are going to acquire is somebody who can and will shoot the puck and has a nasty shot. And I think Tarasenko certainly uh, fits that description. And once again, you know, we mentioned this with Patrick Kane. Another thing, though, working in uh, Tarasenko's favor, as it will work in the favor of, uh, you know, basically anybody that the Rangers are looking to trade for, any right winger, is that that's where the Rangers are weak. The Rangers could use some help there. And so I would imagine the Rangers just Given his position, right wing, uh, that alone will increase whatever interest the Rangers have in Tarasenko. And it's possible that maybe Drury's not really looking at Tarasenko or any of these guys that I just mentioned as options, uh, but I would think he would do his due diligence. And I, again, I just feel like if you play right wing and you can bring something valuable to the table, that alone makes you more valuable uh, to this New York Ranger team. As far as, you know, a uh, fit for the Ranger lineup, I'm kind of torn between, you know, if they were to acquire Tarasenko, do you put him, you know, at first I, I said probably the second line, you know, he's out there with uh, with Trocek and with Panarin, but, you know, given the fact that Tarasenko isn't really known for defense and isn't really known as being an aggressive forward checker and a, a board warrior or anything like that, maybe it makes a little bit more sense to put him with the first line with Mika and Kreider because they are both known as good defensive forwards. Mika will do a lot of the dirty work. And maybe he would fit better there. And then you put Kako with the second line with Trocek and Panarin. Although, as soon as I say that, I don't want Kako moving away from Mika and Kreider because he's played well recently, the best hockey of his NHL career. And so I wouldn't really want to ruin that or take that away. But another thing that I think is true of Tarasenko, I don't know this for sure. We've been surprised by, you know, things like this in the past. I don't think that the Blues asking price for Tarasenko would be as high as, say, the Blackhawks for Patrick Kane or the Canucks for Bo Horvat. And again, you never know for sure. We, we try to project these things and, you know, what this free agent is going to sign for, how many years he's going to get and how much money and what this guy's going to be traded for and what the return is going to be. Uh, we can do that until we're blue in the face, and we do do that until we're blue in the face. But with all that said, you, you never know for sure how it's going to go. But at first glance, I don't think Tarasenko gets uh, as much of a return package as either of the two aforementioned players. And so, you know, maybe uh, that is appealing to the Rangers. They don't have to give away one of their top prospects. I saw an article uh, not too long ago where, um, you know, they were talking about Ranger trade targets, and, and you know, he was mentioned as one of them. And it hypothesized that maybe an Andrew Kopp type of uh, package would be appropriate uh, in exchange for, uh, for Tarasenko. So if that was the case, I, I think that's something to definitely think about. Uh, it's not an overwhelming package to give up. I, I know you don't want to just be throwing away draft picks left and right, but if you have a chance to make your team better and you feel like you can win a Stanley Cup, I think you owe it to yourself to do exactly that. Draft picks, they might turn out they they might turn out well, they might not. It's as simple as that. It's, it's a little bit of a crapshoot. And with Tarasenko, we already know that we're getting a good player and somebody who would undoubtedly uh, make this team better and help them in an area uh, where they are, you know, at least a little bit weak right now. And to just run through the right wings real quick, you know, Kako's playing a lot better this season. Um, you know, you've got Kravtsov, who is, there's some metrics that are in his favor, but the points just haven't piled up despite him playing with Panarin and with Trocek. Uh, VZ, you know, really nice depth piece, but the upside is limited. Gautier playing better this season than he ever has, um, but he's injured right now, and uh, who's to say if the Rangers are ever going to really trust him in a prominent spot? So, yeah, right wing, I would say, is definitely uh, the weakness and an area where the Rangers will look to improve at the deadline. We'll see if it's, uh, you know, Kane or Tarasenko. Obviously, Bo Horvat's a center, but uh, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll continue kind of checking in and 
do episodes like this from time to time where we kind of just do a deep dive on certain potential trade targets for the New York Rangers. This is a lot of fun, though. And again, we're just kind of scratching the surface here. I'm excited, man. I'm excited to see you know, who the Rangers might target, what rumors start to emerge, who seems likely, who seems unlikely as far as players that you know the Rangers have their eye on going into the deadline. But it's going to be a lot of fun, probably a little bit stressful as well as trade deadline day always is. But the Rangers did a heck of a job at the deadline last year, and we hope for more of the same uh, this year. But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.